This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, on today's episode, I sat down and visited with John D. John has been on the podcast before, before we heard his unbelievable story, how he uh, had somewhat accidentally become a meteorologist, found out he's really good at it in this class in college. Uh, also heard some of his, his history that he had with different health concerns and stuff at a young age. Um, but check that one out. That one was super interesting, but we caught up again. Uh, I'd say the first 30 to 40 minutes is more of like a philosophical discussion about life and whatever else. So if that's your thing, great. Uh, if not, you could skip to like 35 or 40 or so if you wanted to. Um, and then we start talking about, uh, the flood that happened here locally up in our area in the upper, upper peninsula. We had a pretty catastrophic flood, uh, and then just kind of went from there. But anyways, it was really fun catching up with John. I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. John, thanks for coming in again. Well, thanks for having me again. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you right off the bat a zinger is what's the secret of life for you? Oh, secret of life for me. Um, I know it. It's always difficult to put into words. Okay. Uh, and, and this is, of course, for me. But I think that uh, I, I sort of live by a motto of you can either be happy or not. It's always your choice, no matter what life is thrown at you. Um, and sometimes that's harder done than said, but you know, we all face challenges. We all face grief. We all face disappointment. Um, but if you can try to train your mind into thinking the positive, you know, the positive way and, and, and just be happy, uh, you will be, yeah. <laughs> you will be. It's, it's really, it's very, like I say, it's, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but it's the easiest thing to understand. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm always happy, go lucky. Um, but I've been through a lot in my life and, and, um, you know, just, uh, just choose, you know, make the choice to be happy no matter what. Um, hmm. since we last talked, I got to spend a, a month in the hospital at Mayo Clinic. Um, I, had, my platelets crashed to basically zero. They, uh, flew me out of here, um, from, you know, this area to Duluth hospital there and they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they shipped me down to Mayo and, um, yeah, a, a, a month, hmm. <laughs> And, uh, but you know what? I was just like, well, I, what I looked at is even though I had this going on with my platelets, um, I, uh, I felt great, Yeah, you know? So that was a blessing. It was just take walks around the floor, 
couple times a day and my buddy who visited me um, basically practically lived there for the whole time and um yeah i mean it you know is it something that i enjoyed no but i just treated it as like uh <laughs> a month vacation i mean i didn't th you know i kept thinking oh in a couple of days and they were even telling me at times well you know maybe by friday yeah and uh it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and before i knew it i had been in there a month yeah well when we had talked last time you told your story when you were 11 or 12 and yeah. just really really struggling right and and just thinking man you're a guy who's been through a lot and something i'm for whatever reason i've been really interested in lately is perspective because I think perspective is, it just seems like perspective is everything. Yeah. And, and the, the perspective you give to what you've received in life or what's happened to you in life is the biggest influence on how you feel and how happy you are and all that stuff. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But there's certain perspectives that I think you can only get to through those lived experiences. Right. Maybe not, but I also just thinking, man, you could learn from other people uh, hear their stories, but also put yourself in different frame of minds, put yourself in the mind of, hey, who is, who is John when he's 85 or who is Logan when I'm 65 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but again, just going back to that things that you've been through, it just made me think like you have some really, really unique perspectives. And that's what made me ask that question. Like, what's the secret of life, even though it's an impossible question. Yeah. And it's probably different for everybody. I mean, I don't, you know, I think everybody would say that there is no one there is no one secret, but, um, you know, and people delve even more uh, philosophical. Why are we here? Well, mm -hmm. I'm not going to worry about that mm -hmm. either. <laughs> it's beyond my scope, beyond my, and, and you know, I, you know, we all have the chance to be happy. We all love to be happy. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like I say, I just try to not worry about, especially the little things mm -hmm. especially the little things you know they just they'll be all they work themselves out you know mm -hmm. uh and it may not be in the way you're thinking but that's your problem right you know you gotta just the more open your mind is towards things you know the more comfortable you are with all the varied results that can happen um but yeah and you're you're dead on about perspective too um in my perspective is ever changing mm -hmm. I, I would think most people's are but yeah i mean how we perceive things what we think is right what we think is wrong you know i mean i really opened up my mind several years ago uh because i could never understand how could somebody be thinking that way how could they think that is right right and then i don't know what happened but something clicked and i was just able to okay yeah they they genuinely they're not doing this to make me mad mm -hmm. they genuinely believe that is right and i can't prove them wrong uh it's just so foreign to me and and they probably look at some of the things i do the exact same way mm -hmm. why does he think that way why does he believe that why does he you know and we're just and to be able to accept the differences is is wonderful too. It's mm -hmm. really allowed me to enjoy life that much more because instead of worrying about myself or worrying about others, I'm just not worrying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, do you look at your 
they talk about perspectives. Obviously, again, life changes you and things change you, but do you, you must, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you look at your life a lot differently now compared to when you were 30? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously things have happened, but anyway, like just life experiences. But anyways, I should let you answer that. But then I'm curious if you could know what you know now at age 30, how would that have changed things? Or would you have looked at things differently or done things differently? Uh, I'm not trying to analyze the yeah. specifics necessarily, but just oh, outlooks. That's, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I will certainly experiences teach us lessons and I've learned many lessons uh, since I was 30. Um, so I would definitely apply what I've learned. Um, would I have made huge changes in my life based on what I know now? I don't think so. I mean, everything that's happened to me, good and bad, I can kind of look back on and say, you know, <laughs> It's been a great life. Mm -hmm. I have really enjoyed this ride that I've been on and hope, you know, it can keep going for for a while longer uh, because, I don't know, the, the older I get, the more fascinating life becomes to me too. Hmm. Just, not just my life, but others' lives. Mm -hmm. And um, the more I want to know about others lives i think when i was 30 you know i don't want to use the word narcissistic but i didn't care that much about what other people thought or did you know i was um i think when you're 30 you think you got the world you know uh in in the palm of your hands mm -hmm. and um as you get older, you realize, new, no, you know, you weren't even close. You weren't yeah. even close. Um, and I think, too, there's a song lyric, and I can't even remember exactly how it goes or who sings it, but um, actually the lyric goes, the more I know, uh, the less I understand, huh. uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, that you say you're more interested in people now, but you also said that you have become understanding of people, right? Did that correlate? Yeah. Once you started becoming interested so. in people, you started becoming yeah. understanding of people. Okay. Yeah, I think so because um, when I didn't, you know, we surround people, we surround ourselves with people of our clan, so mm -hmm. to speak, you know? Um, and... And, and anybody else that wasn't of the same general thinking, I, I seem to not, like, dislike, but just was not interested, mm -hmm. you know? I was always just like, you go do your thing, I'm going to go do mine, yeah. you know? I'm not going to step on your toes, but don't step on mine. Don't tell me what to do, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. But now I find that there's much to be learned from people who see things differently than you. Yeah. Um, because you know getting back to the perspective thing um you know they and so i've i've really enjoyed listening to podcasts you know the last probably two or three years um to get that different feedback from different people mm -hmm. and uh 
yeah it's 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 enjoyable um and like i say it's just made life a whole lot more comfortable for me to be around folks i mean i'm kind of a um uh, quiet guy by nature even though here i am here talking mm-hmm. um i i'm i'm more someone that will would rather just sit in the room and listen than to be you know commanding the attention yeah um i think and and i think that comes from you learn more by listening than you do by talking yeah, you know, and and I I will I will admit to kind of being turned off by people who uh, want to command the conversation, especially when it's about them. You know, either I'm saying something or somebody else is saying something, and then they interrupt and they gotta tell their story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just once, but throughout the whole conversation. Um, I'm turned off by that. Yeah, yeah. I, it just it. It gets too much to me. Um, For sure. I, I would say people in general, right? Like, I think uh, so. You yeah. Could, you, you could be charismatic, outgoing, and, and have a lot to input, but you have to be reciprocal, right? Yeah. In any type of situation, reciprocal to the whole conversation and the whole yeah. group or whatever, right? Yeah. And if you're not... Yeah, conversation is two ways. Right. Or more than two and eight. Yeah. That's interesting about what you said about the podcast, because that's something I've thought about is whenever you're interacting with somebody, that person is always filtering their interactions around John, right? Like mm-hmm. you can never get their true unfiltered self right. in a way, right? Yeah. Unless you like happen to hear them talking about you in the other room or something like yeah. that, right? But yeah. uh, but even just perspectives or anything, it feels like to me, most people, some more than others, would always give you a filtered version, right? It's going to be even even a little bit. Oh yeah, you know, say they're talking about the weatherman, they're gonna they're gonna give you a different conversation yeah. than me, right? Yeah, uh, you know, whatever it might be. So, with that, a podcast lets you hear somebody's unfiltered. It's still filtered because it's going to go public, but it's not filtered to you. you yeah. know what I mean, they're not they're not worried about offending you necessarily, right? Right. right. Uh, or or tailoring it to you or whatever. It's interesting. Gives you a different, different feel, huh? Yeah. 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 I mean, I used to get a kick when I was <clears throat> doing the forecasts locally. It didn't happen a lot, but you know, I'd be like at a checkout line, and <laughs> either I'm having a conversation with uh, with the clerk or somebody else in front of me is or something, and they would talk about the weather yeah. and how you know oh those guys they don't know what they're doing they can't get it right <laughs> and you know and i i would just grin yeah you know like uh yeah yeah, yeah and just shake my head yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah do you know you're talking about me right <laughs> <laughs> and, and i wonder you know how how that conversation would be changed if they you know i'm i'm a, i was on radio so i didn't have the the face association um so, but it was, and I never took offense really because yeah. I mean, hey, it, it is exactly an educated guess. And, um, you know, we try the best we can and being wrong is part of the job, unfortunately. But uh, I yeah. think too what happens is a lot of folks, you know, when you get it right and it's just sort of mundane, nobody nobody puts that as a as a notch in the wind column mm-hmm. you know they only pay attention to when you called for no snow and we got six inches or something like that people remember that more than they do mm-hmm. the day before that yeah that forecast did verify right 
Yeah. It's uh, but you talk about the perspectives of different people too, though. It's interesting because it made me think. I I feel like I'm in general pretty good at uh, receiving and appreciating other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. But as you're saying that, I'm thinking that I probably tend to. Uh, look for the like okay i'd say anybody take anybody i'll find commonalities right so find that common thing within them Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't know that i've necessarily trained myself or thought about finding the differences and saying hey how can i learn from those differences in a way unless it's nuanced yeah i like to learn about little nuanced differences within these different interests but something extreme on a on a a political spectrum Mm -hmm. or whatever or on a on a a way of living or a, a way of looking at life i'm more I've found myself looking for the commonalities and ex- ignoring the differences. Yeah. Would there be benefits in finding those big differences and trying to understand those? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I say, I, I can't do it all the time, but um, ever since that click happened um, where I, I truly did see and understand it made perfect things that made absolutely no sense to me mm-hmm. made perfect sense to me hmm. um what do you, what, you know it just it just uh um like i say it 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 takes that i think we're hardwired you know for a, a certain amount of tunnel vision sure for yeah. whatever reason you know everybody is but I think that the more perspective you can get, the wider perspective you can get, or more inclusive you can get, mm-hmm. you know, um, the less stress that you deal with, too. Yeah. Because, you know, you may not realize you're stressing over the differences you have with, a, with another person's opinion or thoughts, actions. Um, but I think it does. Mm-hmm. Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. The other... uh, some of this stuff, okay, I, I enjoy talking about it. I really appreciate it because, again, it's uh, it's not something you do very frequently. But also, again, you learn from each other, right? Mm-hmm. How, what, mm-hmm. well, how do you approach these things, whatever, right? But one of the things I've been thinking about, uh, I guess a little caveat there is, like, I also try to, like, blend it. Okay, let's not only talk philosophically. Let's talk about productivity and whatever, right? Not Sure. You can lean too far and go too far down rabbit holes of thinking about this <laughs> yeah. versus that and whatever, right? But one of the things I've been thinking about is how, would it be, like, uh, either individually or on a mass scale really beneficial or what would it look like to do an exercise, say, every five years, say, and again, I mean, it would be touchy to talk about it, but for anybody in life, but, like, say you – you were to pass away tomorrow, you have to write a letter to all your loved ones that's gonna be delivered to them in five years, right? Uh, And basically you say you're writing a letter to your daughter, to your wife, to everybody, Mm -hmm. saying, 
what you know somehow you got news you're passed away tomorrow here's my letter to you in five years and what would you say how would you say it what would you do and if you literally had to go through the motions of writing that letter would that make the trivial things go away and and give you the perspective of like holy crap this stuff is way more important than i thought it was and i'm putting my time in the wrong areas or whatever what would that where would that put you on like a mental level and and would it be too much would it be beneficial i don't know yeah um well you know i've i've actually sort of been in that case a couple of times where i wasn't sure i was gonna be living yeah you know in 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 a short-term future mm-hmm. i mean i even had when i was sick with cancer as a child you know i had a doctor flat out tell my parents and i well if this treatment doesn't work you've got less than six months mm-hmm. so yeah it does it does you know you suddenly uh at least for the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you you just sort of take all the stuff that isn't that important all the stuff that won't matter after six months and you just set it aside i'm not saying you throw it away but you just set it aside you know and you you concentrate more on what is most important and um you know i i did that but then you know the the day-to-day Hmm. Uh, activities kind of kicks back in so it, it tries to the mundane tries to fight its way back in yeah. and and I think to some extent it did Yeah, I don't have full memory of every single thought I had when I was what 11 years old mm-hmm. and, and had that but um, you know more recently I can uh, you know, I I can remember, and but I think I had also changed a lot by then, mm-hmm. so that there wasn't as much mundane to push out um, and and focus on important. But getting to what you said, yeah, I think that would be a tremendous exercise for somebody. Um, it may not be easy. Um, might scare some people to death, mm-hmm. not literally, but. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a door people should pass through, um, because it it's it's going to make you think. Uh-huh. It really will. It really will. I mean, and you know, you got it, it forces you to be more honest with yourself too. Um, you know, I think a lot of us aren't as honest with ourselves as we think we are. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when it comes to. Um, things that are maybe not good about us mm-hmm. we're able to just sort of eh, well so-and-so's like that so yeah i get my pass but um yeah yeah, you, yeah. You, it, it it does really really i don't want to say force you but um it allows a great pathway for you to see what is important to you yeah. in life yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, I think it'd be unhealthy if you live there forever, right? You should, oh, you yeah. should enter into it and dip out yeah, of it, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't dwell on death. Right. You can't. I mean, I know people who are absolutely terrified of death, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's too bad. I, you know, I, I don't usually talk to them about it because they're terrified. They don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But 
um, yeah, to be, I don't know. To me, death defines life. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, I think of like, okay, you have this, you go through the exercise and, and you walk away with this enlightenment of like, man, I should treat people better. I should, mm -hmm. I should take care of myself. I should, I should take care of my family. Uh, and that's all wrapped up in this one sentiment of instead of you talk about being uh, fear of death, not being fear of death, but start living, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and start pursuing these things that are important to you or whatever. Right. But have it caught up in some phrase. I don't know what it would be. I'd have to think about it for a while and put like a placard above your door. Yeah, like on your mantra. Bedroom, like hit it as you walk out the yeah. door every day, yeah. every morning or something, just to keep you back yeah. in that frame of mind of let the little things go. Yeah. Focus on what's important and yep. go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing it will do is make you grateful. Yeah. For, for things that you normally don't see yourself as being grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, was uh, everybody everybody has many things that they can be grateful for mm -hmm. you know even somebody who's terminal with an illness mm -hmm. um you have something to be grateful for or, or more than one thing right and and that's what you should focus on not not you know not the disease that you have or anything like that but what it is you have to be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gotten, I haven't, my wife has gotten into it, is writing down it, gr gratuities or oh, writing yeah. down what you're grateful for. Yeah. Have you seen an impact from that? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cause I've, I've battled with depression with, uh, all my health issues over the years. Mm -hmm. And so I've had some therapy which helps. That's another thing, you know, people shouldn't be afraid to see a therapist, but, um, yeah, one of the exercises was to, you know, write down, um, like three things mm -hmm. that you're grateful for. And, um, it's just like anything else. The more you do it, the more it becomes common nature for you. So whereas it's as an exercise, when you first start, you know, and, and you physically write it down mm -hmm. to see it, I think there comes a point where you don't have to write it down anymore. Hmm. You know, it just sort of comes to you like, man, I'm lucky that I've got enough food to provide for my family and mm -hmm. um, we're all healthy and... Um, yeah, I mean, just even little things like that, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but eh, you're sitting in a hospital bed, not knowing what's going to happen. Um, that's when you start to think, oh, that's when you appreciate. I mean, I remembered sitting in a hospital room in Mayo Clinic and, and just watching these people walk down the sidewalk thinking, how lucky are they? Yeah. Look at them go. Right. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't that I was feeling sorry for myself, but I was like, you know, when I get out, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be happy about walking down that darn sidewalk. Right. The uh, did you actually answer that? I just want to make sure. Mm. Okay. Okay. Go on. We, we can... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, no, we're good. And I didn't mean to get deep and philosophical right away. Yeah, like I no, said, that's fine. I, uh, I ain't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, for whatever reason, 
a lot of times I'll, again, I've talked about this on here before, but try not to prep too much just because I like to have it be a, yeah. a conversation more than yeah, an interview, I didn't right? Prep one bit. <laughs> uh, but for whatever reason, you feel called to ask something. And I kept thinking coming in today, yeah. I got to ask you, what's the yeah, secret no. of life? I, like I say, I, I can go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate that perspective. And again, I even thinking about the, um, you know, the letter exercise and stuff. I, I hope that didn't cross a line. I don't nope. realize that. Nope. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I want to tell you and I'm going to keep the rest. Anything I, I don't want to share with you and your listeners, I won't put it out there. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. But I know what, again, that, that, that perspective, for whatever reason, I keep thinking about that of like the same thing with the time, not necessarily passing away, but if you, I wonder if it'd be better to not do a passing away exercise, but do a later in life exercise. So you're a 30 year old, mm -hmm. write a letter to yourself when you're 50 or, you know, 40, 50, 60, mm -hmm. whatever. You could even write a letter to your kids when you're 40, 50, 60, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, something like that, would that be more beneficial or alternate or? Yeah, I don't uh, know. Cause I've never done that. Yeah. I mean, and I've never really done the, I'm passing away either, uh -huh. but there's a distinct difference, obviously. Um, I, I think, death its finality makes us really i don't want to say go to a dark spot but really makes us take serious stock you know yeah because 50 years somebody might say well i'm not gonna be any bit different i like who i am now mm -hmm. i'm fine you know um whereas I think we all want to be remembered as a as a great person when we pass away, mm -hmm. um, and so there's that finality. Uh, you know, the last words you're gonna say to your wife, or mm -hmm. the last words you would say to your child. Um, and there's been times where I've thought about that. You know, mm -hmm. like if this doesn't go right, you know. What are gonna, what are my words gonna be? Mm -hmm. What would I tell my daughter? What would I tell my wife? Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Again, I want to ask you about more about that uh, the flood, like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. But I wonder. Uh, um, to me, the letter in the future is to yourself, right? The mm -hmm. forty-year-old yourself to tell you, "Hey, you figured this thing out." You yeah. know, you're in a good spot. Don't yeah. worry about it. But then the other letter would be to loved ones. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know that I'll even do it, but I just something I've been thinking. Yeah. About. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, like I say, I think, I think our whole society um, underestimates the power of, you know, mental thoughts, yeah. mental power, um, how you can literally make yourself physically sick uh by thinking a certain you know mm -hmm. your your brain your brain can can literally manipulate things so that you are physically sick mm -hmm. and, and you are in the hospital and doctors are working to try to find you know what's wrong right um, and yeah it's amazing that's the one thing i never really i mean i've always kind of respected the power of of um mental thought but I, I i give it way more respect now yeah well i mean on a positive side the placebo effect yeah is a is a proof of that Absolutely. right but i've also wondered so in the last i don't in the last eight months or so i've been dealing with some arthritis stuff mm -hmm. so autoimmune type mm -hmm. stuff right um 
and I, I suppose just like you, you're going to be involved in some health stuff. You're going to think about it quite a bit, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I see a lot of different people and a few people that I really appreciate, like Jordan Peterson and Michaela Peterson, mm-hmm. who are, are you familiar with them? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. They have different autoimmune stuff and they've mostly eliminated them through uh, the lion diet, eating just meat, stuff like this, right? But you see different people with different autoimmune things and it's like owning a red Jeep. Once you have a red Jeep, everybody has a red Jeep, right? <laughs> once you're, yeah. once you have an autoimmune thing, everybody does, right? Yeah. Anyways, just thinking in my head is there a correlation between uh not i don't know what the right word is them being a deep thinker or something or whatever and them having an autoimmune or is it totally unrelated uh yeah i mean you saying hey your thoughts can manifest themselves physically yeah Uh, is there some correlation with if you had more of a free and easy living uh temperament would you be less likely to have some of that stuff or I mean, hard to say, obviously correlation is never causation, but yeah, well, I'll say this is that, you know, you watch these folks who reach a long age, Mm -hmm. you know, into their nineties or towards a hundred and they're all smiling. Yeah. You know, they're all smiling. You, You never see one that's, pissed off at the world Mm -hmm. you know they're just grateful for life so uh you know i i do you know i do think that worrying over things you know can make you sick Mm -hmm. literally yeah you know not just not just you think you're sick or you feel symptoms but you literally have you know abnormalities going on physically in your body mm-hmm. uh and i don't know how that can happen and like i say i think it's much 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 understand un, under researched in our society yeah. i mean we have we have a fantastic medical um industry here in the united states it's saved my life 14 times mm-hmm. um but uh, the psychological stuff seems to be so taboo. Yeah. Like we're afraid to go there. We're afraid to open that door and find out who we really are. Right. You know? Yeah, this show's going on, but what's going on behind the curtain? Yeah. Um, Part of it I understand because I think, I think you can be too you're too far into that world. Not you personally, but people can be right. Right. Uh, and I think that's a slippery slope, right? Like if you're too focused on, Hey, how am I psychologically? Yeah. You're too focused a on yourself. Yeah. Uh, and then that can take you down some roads that you don't want to go down. Whereas if you are more focused on Jordan Peterson actually had an interesting thought. He said that in a, in a, like speaking of anxiety, right. Mm -hmm. And you could put that along the same thought is the person who goes into a party or into a room, the most concerned and the most focused on their anxiety and how they can help their anxiety is going to be the most anxious person in the room. Right. Whereas the person that goes into the party thinking, how can I help alleviate everybody else's concerns and how can I help everybody else feel comfortable is going to be the least anxious person in the room. Yeah. Basically saying, Hey, take that, all that, all that attention on yourself and put it out on other people. Mm -hmm. And there's the secret in a way. Right. I mean, that's, one toolbox right. is you could see that instead of focusing on your own 
situation, just focus and put your time and energy into those around you. Although everything can go too far because if you go too far, well, then now you're neglecting yourself, mm-hmm. right? But anyways, yeah. you could talk yourself in circles. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly yeah. that there's, there's, there's always this delicate balance going on, mm-hmm. you know, where you need to take care of yourself, but you, without dwelling on things, without, you know, creating something that doesn't need to be there Mm -hmm. but yeah it should be a time limit on it like enter into it think about it but set a set a cap on it somehow you know what i mean an internal barometer on where you need to end Uh, yeah i don't know it's interesting though again i try not to dive into that thought process or that mindset for long periods of time Mm -hmm. because again i think it i think it eventually you just need to focus on living and yeah. whatever else. But I think if you're totally removed from that, you could be going down paths you don't want to go down. Uh, you could be struggling against a, a cliff that it, all it takes is, again, writing a letter or a 30-minute or mm-hmm. introspection time to mm-hmm. overcome that, you know, yeah. or talking to a friend or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know. Such a hard, I mean, it's like everything. It's just hard to know what, what where to go That's or what balance. And, and Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose uh, overthinking that is is not beneficial either. Just do what feels right in a way, but have friends and family around you to keep you in check. And yeah, make sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the first thing I could say is if somebody's worried about themselves and maybe not being a good person or something, if people like to be around you, mm-hmm. then you're a good person. Sure. You know, you are. Yeah. Um, if nobody wants to be around you, well, that's probably a sign that there's some need for introspection and and self-examination and um it's hard to do Mm -hmm. you know because our ego wants to tell us that we're fine we're great Mm -hmm. you know um but uh a lot can be gained by um trying to figure yourself out and just look for your flaws look for your flaws and um Try to change them. I've found too that a lot of times, what bugs me about somebody is is really what bugs, what I don't like about me. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and, and so I will look at that and go, "All right, how am I doing that?" Yeah, and I'll realize, "Oh, all right." Yeah, uh, and nobody's yeah. perfect. That's huge too. Oh yeah, I look. think we strive for perfection and. It's just not there. It's too much, yeah. Uh, but that is true. Hey, I've heard of that too. Like it takes one to know one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, and if uh, <laughs> if something about somebody is really, really bugging you, it's maybe saying something about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to it. And when you have time, think about it. Think yeah. about why it bothers you, and and you know, are you doing it subconsciously? Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I don't think anybody really wants to do these irritating things consciously. Mm. Um, at least most people. But uh, yeah, you know, we do it on a level where you just don't realize we're doing it. Right. So last time 
we hopped on. It was super interesting. Got to hear your story of how you accidentally became a meteorologist, right? right? And we're transitioning a bit here. But before, I want to ask you about, we had a huge flood up in this area, yeah. right? But before we dive into that, am I, that was a pretty philosophical discussion there. Am I leaving anything there like that you uh, thought of that'd be interesting? Ah, from no, a, I don't think so. Um, yeah. Just uh, uh, find your own mantra. Yeah. And stick to it. You know, um, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and you will love your life. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. The uh, sure. just the insights, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, the the flood again, like we were talking about. So I, again, I had you on. Really enjoyed it. Your story was unbelievable. And then I had somebody message me. He's like, Logan, you had a meteorologist on, <laughs> and you didn't ask him about the flood. <laughs> You're like that's that's the, yeah. the downfall of not prepping. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Can you get into that? Like, uh, I guess you can dive in. I'd love to just hear the story from your perspective as far as your own personal life, but also from like a meteorologist perspective, if you want to dance back and forth or whatever. Well, I mean, I guess I'll start out by, you know, my, my sort of living through it. Um, my family and I were living up, uh, just outside of Mohawk and, um, we were, untouched by the flooding and we were not untouched by the rains Mm -hmm. but um the you know it was to us it was just a generic a night of generic thunderstorms where you know it would rain and stop and and lightning lots of lightning i remember that um but i you know we woke up and it's just an average day um some puddles around stuff like that and then all of a sudden uh my wife starts showing me pictures from social media of what's going on down here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is, you know, that's, that's disaster. That's real live disaster. This isn't Hollywood. This isn't made up news, glamorous, you know, glamorized. This is straight up disaster. Um, and so, you know, probably spent a good time just ingesting everything that had happened. No, we didn't go down there. We stayed away so that we wouldn't become part of the problem. Um, but yeah, it was fascinating to see the difference between where we were at and, and what had happened in other areas, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's again, one of those extremely grateful that we didn't have that um i I mean i don't know how it would have impacted us because um the terrain where we're at is pretty flat and it drains pretty well um so i'm not sure what what if we would have had any issues at all but regardless you know we saw what was happening to other people and felt for them and immediately started thinking okay how can we help Mm -hmm. um my wife's brother so my brother-in-law was up visiting and he lives downstate and he had gotten up um extra early to leave because of the storms Mm -hmm. i think that um you know while this torrential rain was going on the national weather service started to you know broadcast flood warnings and stuff and i hadn't seen those i'm sound asleep but he had seen that so he was like oh i better get out of here before things get worse and you know he told us that as he was driving uh on 41 past tech 
um he wasn't really is the, the most frightened he's ever been in his life he was really really not sure he was going to live hmm. you know he said that there were boulders floating down the street you know in this torrent so i'm a little confused because i don't know where that would happen actually out in front of tech i'm thinking maybe he's thinking of ripley hmm. because that's where you have the terrain that would allow water flow to carry boulders and sweep them away he thought he was going to be swept away and it was one of those things where by the time he realized he was in big big trouble he could not turn around he yeah. could only go forward so uh you know he he did make it through and he was he was in a um you know not like a monster truck but a a, a lifted um super duty mm-hmm. uh truck so he, he you know he was much higher off the ground than the normal vehicle would be so um and then getting into the meteorological aspect of it um the term that we apply to that kind of meteorological phenomenon is called train echoing hmm. meaning you have these intense thunderstorm cells uh, develop and then instead of them kind of coming and going or a line progressing through the area kind of in association with a cold front you have them firing up behind each other Hmm. like they're trains on a track so rather than just getting this one you know getting like a torrential downpour from this one intense cell you're dealing with multiple cells all going over the exact same area um you know over a short period of time and can dump incredible amounts of rainfall i forget the the totals that you know came in from some of these places but i if 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 memory serves me it was like 12 inches Mm -hmm. you know and most of it occurring like in a four or five hour period Mm -hmm. and they're they're rare these occurrences are rare um but not certainly not unheard of Mm -hmm. um i would say that across the united states you might have a train echoing occurrence like that on the average of maybe one or two a year. Okay. Train echoing? Is yeah, the they call okay. it the train because if you look at it on radar, you see these, you know, enhanced areas of rain, mm-hmm. the, the yellows and oranges that they colorize the rainfall. Um, and they're literally lined up. In fact, I don't know if the National, the National Weather Service did have a page that they created um, to help illustrate what happened. Huh. But, you know, if you can just imagine um, looking at a radar and, and rather than seeing, you know, kind of like a line of thunderstorms that are just progressing through and within a hour or two you know you go from no rain to very heavy rain back to no rain Mm -hmm. um the way the thunderstorms are aligned um they just keep going over the same spot Hmm. you know typically west to east almost directly west to east yeah so that's why you know um 
Houghton Hancock area, some other areas got 12 inches of rain. And I think in Mohawk, we had about an inch and a half, yeah. if I remember correctly. That's crazy. Um, and just to give people perspective that aren't aware, I mean, it tore out streets, yeah. uh, took out homes, basements, uh, did a lot of damage. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of had the perfect scenario for flash flooding um, in that we have that change in terrain mm -hmm. and then you dump a bunch of water on it and that water wants to flow. Whereas some places um, it's kind of more of like a, a gradual flooding. I, I know there was a train echoing um, episode that happened uh, near a neighborhood that I grew up in uh, outside of Chicago. And what happened there was, um, you know, the, the Des Plaines River, which carries a lot of the runoff from those areas, um, it became swollen and eventually swallowed up some neighborhoods. Hmm. Now, not to where the homes were completely underwater. I think it was just a situation where, um, you know, the roads were flooded and impassable and, you know, people have water in their basements and stuff, but you don't have this destruction by the water moving and, mm -hmm. and washing out things. It's, you know, it's, it's more, more along the lines of flooding. Like I think a lot of us think of as just this gradual rise of the water. Mm -hmm. um, whereas here, you know, you had this, we we have and you can see them if you just stand back and like look at ripley you can see the drainage basins you can see where you know cut into the cut into the hillsides there are like valleys mm -hmm. and um you know probably easier to see when the in the winter when the, you don't have the leaves on the trees but um at any rate they're there and and they've they've they they were they were built by just that, you know, not necessarily catastrophic flooding, but by the erosion of the water mm -hmm. flowing in there. So, you know, unfortunately, um, there are folks that live, you know, in those drainage basins and uh, they probably don't even know it or, or did know it. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, you bring an event like that in here and it becomes perfectly clear what's going on. You know, do I think that it's going to happen again? Uh, yes, but maybe not in our life. You know, to do do that kind of event over the exact same area um, within a lifetime is pretty, pretty rare. Um, mm -hmm. But over the course of a couple hundred years, yeah, I would I would suspect that, you know, it would happen again. But, you know, I think we also... Um, the drainage systems, the culverts, you know, the things that we had uh, as a society to to handle the the washed, you know, the rain um, were subpar. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that up um, further up twenty six towards well, like past Hubble, um, you know, Lake Linden area um a lot of the culverts were either plugged with you know just debris or in some cases unfortunately garbage mm -hmm. you know, people take their old couch and they throw it into the woods thinking oh, it'll 
biode- biodegrade while they, they were plugging up the culverts. And that's how we got these terrific washouts on the old railroad grade up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, there was, I think, at least three that were, you know, like over 100 feet deep gone and 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 probably 500 yards across at least just completely washed out because the water backed up behind these you know these railroad um i don't want to call them bridges but i i, I can't come up with the term but mm-hmm. where where the grade crossed these um uh gullies of gullies sorts, yeah yeah, right. yeah and and you know in a normal circumstance the water just flowed through these culverts but the culverts became plugged up and just couldn't handle it so the water literally backed up so you had water in some cases 50 100 feet deep Mm -hmm. and then that that over tops and once it starts eroding it the whole thing can just go yeah you know And, and water's water's a bulldozer you know people don't realize that but it uh it can do some incredible, incredible physical damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see it in some of the historical. I mean, you go around in these different gullies and stuff and see the washout and how high the washouts yeah. have been, mm-hmm. even pre this flood. Yeah. Right. And you think, holy moly. I mean, the water is a foot down there in this washout, or the, this is 25 feet in the air yeah. where the water is touched before or whatever. Right. right? Um, <clears throat> so you can see that just the history of just yeah. unbelievable water as well. Yep. Um, but that's a. a, a was there something geologically that made it go over the Houghton and Hancock area? Because it seems like you could have yeah. equally had it be, I mean, obviously you don't want to pick and choose, but you right. could say 30 miles to the south in the Ottawa National Forest yeah. and it would do a fraction exactly. of the amount of damage or something, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, no, there wasn't anything geographical, um, you know, like the canal being low and then you have the higher train on either side or anything mm-hmm. like that. And meteorologists don't fully understand um you know all the nuances of thunderstorms sure. and and the weather on that scale hmm. you know for a human it may seem like a pretty big scale but like even if you were to look at the rainfall distribution like a you know a map showing where the heavy rain was um compared to the up it was just a small little dot mm-hmm. uh so that's happening at least as far as things happen in the weather, it, it happened on a very small scale. Mm-hmm. And we just don't have the knowledge and also the computing power to be able to um, try and, you know, like replicate or, or forecast that kind of an event. So that that's why they will happen um, unannounced. Mm-hmm they're just not forecasted i mean there there are things that meteorologists can forecast for a flooding even you know you you know that a lot of times in the spring you know we've got the melting of the snow and they already know uh what the river stages are and we know a heavy rain event is coming so they'll put out a flood warning or mm-hmm. something like that but this type of event is just one of those things where you know it's kind of synonymous with a tornado hmm. you know we, we cannot um cannot forecast exactly where a tornado will develop 
got enough knowledge to know where the all the conditions are right and that's where they will produce a, like a, a, a tornado watch box and it, it includes you know 100 100 square miles of you know land or something like that but they don't know within that watch box where you know in advance a couple hours in advance where the tornado is going to happen mm-hmm. um they are getting better i mean it's amazing how um you know the national weather service really uh and, and private industry is puts a lot of lot of resources into um trying to protect humans and property yeah What's uh, in in the world of meteorology? What's the least understood part of it, or least predictable? Is there like a black hole of it where there, like, again, is it storms or tornadoes? Is that the least predictable? I, yeah, I would say you know things on the small scale, like okay. um, like a tornado. I, I don't want to. I guess least understood. Do you, uh, do you mean least understood maybe. or least for or, or uh, hardest to forecast? Uh, uh, two questions, I guess. Both. Uh, okay. Interested in both. How, how about harder, hardest to forecast and then least understood? Um, I would put right, you know, like probably tornadoes might be uh, the, you know, exact location of tornadoes right now would mm-hmm. probably be one of the most. Uh, difficult things to forecast for not far behind though is our very own lake effect snow Hmm. Um, because uh, the variance in totals can be so dramatic within a very short distance just a couple miles Mm -hmm. Um, so in the general sense you know we get an idea of when we're going to get lake effect snow and when we're not. And is it going to be, you know, just a little bit or is it going to be a lot? You know, will we have to shovel it? Won't we? That kind of thing is usually not too caught off guard. But um, when you develop these intense bands and, and they just pummel, um, that that is still can catch us off guard. Although we are getting better at that because they're developing models that uh, have much better resolution. Hmm. Um, you know, in fact, here it's, Keweenaw is a little bit more difficult because of the type of banding we get off of Lake Superior, but like off of Lake Erie and Lake Huron, um, it, you know, the kind of banding you get that produces their six feet of snow in 24 hours type deal, um, that is much more forecastable. So there, you know, you can you can see that coming to some extent. Maybe not the exact amounts, but you know that this is going to be a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's three feet or six feet, maybe not. But <laughs> you know, it's 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 going to be a crippling snow event you yeah. know, for places like Buffalo and and stuff like that. Yeah, and least understood. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna get myself in hot water (laughs) um climate sure climate yeah yeah there are lots of people are gonna get mad at me for saying that um and that's not to say we don't know anything about climate Mm -hmm. but um and i don't want to get into the you know climate change debate Mm -hmm. um 
But yeah, and, and, and primarily because climate happens on such a huge, long time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anybody with, you know, a knowledge, whether they have a degree or not, um, with an advanced knowledge of, of the earth or weather, will argue that climate change never happens. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, you know... They give you thousands of examples how our climate has changed mm-hmm. um, but yeah there's just an enormous an enormous thing we don't know uh, and, and because it's not it's not local mm-hmm. you know it's the entire entire planet and it doesn't just involve the atmosphere it involves the oceans and the land and how they interact mm-hmm. and you know we're learning more and more um and like i said i don't i don't want to get into the debate about what's causing what and everything like that because i you know it gets it gets very ugly fast mm-hmm. um For sure but yeah I, I just to be perfectly truthful um we've got a ton to learn about our climate, you know, the earth's climate and um, not just where we're going, but even the past, we still can't explain what caused the ice ages, Mm -hmm. you know, have you, have you watched, uh, have you heard on Joe Rogan? He had Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson, these two guys, and they had a Netflix series called, I should know it basically testing and, and pushing back on the theory about uh, how far back humans go in mm-hmm. like the Amazon and stuff like this, Randall okay. Carson, what was his, uh, uh, Graham Hancock, actually, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I don't think I, I do follow Joel uh, a lot. I like his, uh, I, I like his way of, you know, d- the way he does his podcast and, you know, many of the people he has on, I find interesting. Lex Freeman, too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Graham Hancock is okay. the guy that I'm thinking of. So he had him on there. His Netflix series is called Ancient Apocalypse. Okay. Uh, and essentially, it's basically saying that, hey, modern day, I won't do a great job of breaking it down, but modern day humans look at us going back like 5,000 years, 6,000 years or something like that. Whereas there's a lot of evidence like geological evidence of an ancient civilization that around 11,300 years ago was hit by this cataclysmic weather event that took them out. And then it took years and years and years for, uh, you know, society to build itself back up again. Right. Um, and, and, he gives out a ton of information with this crazy event that happened that as all this data and different things like, uh, um, I, again, I won't do a great job of breaking it down, but things like uh, a maps in the library of Alexandria that mapped out parts of the world that have never been explored before. Huh. You know what I mean? Things That's like this. Uh, and then uh, again, different, uh, geological structures or man-made huge pyramids built within the Amazon and now they're covered by trees and, and, and showing that they date back to a much later date than yeah. anything else. Um, but there was, uh, with that, with that weather event, is that anything you've ever heard of? Like some huge major weather, weather event, like it's like 11,600 to 12,700 years no, ago or something like that. No, I have not. Okay. I have not. Um, um and, and I don't want to necessarily say he said this, but Stan, Dr. Stan Vitton that I had on, he's a, he's okay. a, uh, 
a geomorph. Let me think. He's a, a geological engineering professor at Michigan Tech, retired now. Okay. But he just said, as a passively, he's got this interest in geomorphology, which is like the shaping. Is, it, is that the correct word? Shaping of the earth over time, right. essentially. Yeah. Uh, and he was saying, okay, you look at the Portage Canal right here, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks like we had a major flood back in the day. This is pr pr prior to me ever talking about Graham Hancock or these guys or mm -hmm. Randall Carson or ever even hearing this. Looks like you got a major flood because you look at the rubble and the rocks on Ripley on the on the Hancock side mm -hmm. of the hill, and it's all there. There's dirt and rocks galore. Whereas on the Houghton side, it's basically bare bedrock. Huh. Uh, and he's saying it looks like. And again, I don't want to put words in his yeah. mouth, but <clears throat> it looks like a huge flood came through, tore out all that. Uh, bedrock or not bedrock but all that dirt debris rocks on the Houghton side and just stripped it out of there but he was like the only thing is there's not necessarily a recorded event large enough to take that make that happen so then you correlate this unrecorded uh 11,600 year ago weather event to that and he yeah. said again just thinking about that that would potentially explain that the flood of portage lake as how as, as he put wow. it uh who knows yeah uh, but just interesting to think about that maybe there's a lot more like you said in the history that we're not yeah, yeah. aware of yeah yeah that's what I, I you know um you know i i i think humans give themselves too much credit for uh how much we know or, yeah. or what our, you know the intelligence of our species mm -hmm. well i remember my dad you know, we didn't get into an argument, but we were kind of talking about intelligence. And I said, well, of course humans are going to have the highest intelligence. We wrote the rules mm -hmm. for what intelligence is. Mm -hmm. You know, now you take a dog and put him in the woods all by himself and a human, who are you going to put your money on to survive longer? Right. You know, it's just the way we wrote the game. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I... And I'm, and I don't mean this like uh, to belittle research. No, I I'm all for more and more and more, mm -hmm. um, and and discovery and having an open mind and you know there's so much that we still have to learn, even though we are an advanced society. I mean, the stuff that we're doing is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and who knows, you know, maybe something like AI is going to help get us there faster. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah, there's a, there's a, there's, there's still a lot that we have to learn about how our planet works. And, you know, two thirds of it is covered by the oceans, but yet we don't know a lot of things about the oceans mm -hmm. like what um, you know the different currents i mean we can track the currents and we have historical records and this and that but um you know even temperature records when was when was the thermometer invented you know mm -hmm. all right from well then from that point back we're only guessing at what temperatures were we right. don't know for sure we're, we're guessing mm -hmm. and those guessing guessing methods might be spot on right. they might not we don't know for sure but yeah there's some um, well and, and just the case where it's pretty well accepted that the earth has glacial periods that last on the order of about a hundred thousand years mm -hmm. 
and then the interglacial periods that last on the order around 10,000 years. Hmm. Well, we're past, just a little bit past 10,000 years in this interglacial period. Sure. Meaning sometime here, sooner rather than later, those glaciers are going to return. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what we don't know what causes that to right. happen. Crazy. You know, and why was the Northern Hemisphere, and even further along, why was North America so much more heavily glaciated than, you know, its counterparts, the, the Eurasian continents and South, Southern continents or Southern, Southern Hemisphere had minuscule compared to the Northern Hemisphere glaciation, you yeah. know, based on common thoughts right now. So, yeah. yeah. Is there, is there like a leading theory on what causes those I don't shifts? know. I no. don't know that. All I know is that I've kept myself, even though I've been retired, <laughs> I've kept myself, you know, try to keep myself in the loop on, on, and I don't know of a leading theory behind hmm. it. Okay. No, I don't. I, I would love, if there is, I would love for somebody to let me know. Because mm-hmm. that is one of the things that, you know, kind of fascinates me is what what caused this mon- monumental change in our atmosphere to create those glaciers, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you're talking about that as far as, far as sometimes we put too much emphasis or too much uh confidence in what we actually know right Mm -hmm. uh somebody i had on previously sent me this uh youtube link to watch i haven't watched it yet but it's a band ted talk by rupert sheldrake i'm not even sure who that is uh weird look at this uh no never mind actually i'm thinking here anyways i'm looking at it right now (laughs) but it's exposing scientific dogmas basically saying here's the fallacies that the science uh uses uh, and that we need to expose these so that we can look at things from the right perspective, right? To talk yeah. about perspective from yeah. earlier. Again, it's not to push one agenda or another. Right. Like you said, it's not worth getting into right. that, but it's more so to just say, if you can't question things, what are we doing here? Right? Yeah, and that's been my main issue with the whole climate stuff is that there's been a, and this is my opinion, but mm-hmm. that there's been a, a a significant deviation in true scientific process in mm-hmm. all of this. Um, you know, it's too strong to say we've jumped to a conclusion, mm-hmm. but, um, if you're good enough at math, you can make the numbers work. Right. Um, and I'm not, I stink at math. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I took enough math to know that, you know, um, so yeah, I just, uh. I, I don't think that there sh- should be any silencing of contrary thoughts and, mm-hmm. you know, um, the more learning we can do, the more rocks we can unturn, um, the better mm-hmm. rather than just just going down a path, one one single path, assuming it's the right way to go. For sure. For sure. The, uh, no, the, the, the part a second ago where I exclaimed like weird, look at this is they're just connected is this Rupert Sheldrake's Ted talk was banned. But then in the description, it says also Graham Hancock's Ted, a Ted talk. Yeah. Was banned. So just funny little connection. And that's there. We're just that's talking what about. bothers me yeah. is that anytime somebody, not any, it's not an always, but, um, 
anything contrary seems to get silenced mm -hmm. and it just doesn't seem good i i think the humans for the most part can smell a rat mm -hmm. um and we should be allowed to make the decision our own decisions based on the information that we're given mm -hmm. you know rather than to only be given one kind of information for sure right and as long as you're not doing harm to right. people That's, to other yes. people right absolutely yeah and like yeah. i say i'm not i'm not accusing anybody of anything mm -hmm. um i just i i saw it in my profession and and it's one of the reasons why i don't want to give my you know i i think people probably are taking what i've said so far as i'm some kind of contrarian towards mm -hmm. climate change not at all right um but i do have issues with how it's being handled mm -hmm. more from a scientific perspective than than what anybody is saying i just think the scientific process has been manipulated a little bit um yeah and uh so that's i keep i'm trying to backpedal now. <laughs> and truly, but, we yeah can't. i don't i you know and i don't really like to debate it either because like I say, I can't prove anything one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, I can just observe what's happening and and kind of come up with my own well perspective on it, mm -hmm. you know my own my own thoughts and um, just hope that we can um, learn more and, and perhaps learn the learn exactly you know what what might be. Mm -hmm. the future you know in another hundred years with our climate or something that would be fantastic like you know if we could really 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 know really really avoid going towards something that's catastrophic mm -hmm. but the other thing i find industries we always you know folks will say oh well we're you know we're killing the planet no the planet's gonna be just fine mm -hmm. you know it's gotten hit by asteroids that wiped out every just about every living form you know and it bounced back planets can be fine it's humans mm -hmm. we really are the most delicate creatures probably on this planet you know mm -hmm. we have to wear clothes we have to you know create our own food food shelter we're the most fragile if you want to say it say you know we're we're destroying we're going to destroy humankind not sure. the planet right planets can be just fine right <laughs> No, and again, we can if it, if it's too sensitive or whatever else, we can remove different parts of it. But the uh, I, I understand what you're saying. Again, we're not actually making any conversation about the the the, the status of climate change or yeah, anything like that, yeah. or or the history of it, or and the I future do believe it, it or anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, even as a kid, we went you know uh, on trips, and I remember one of the places we went was Mesa Verde hmm. in uh, Southwest Colorado, where mm -hmm. the cliff dwellings are. Sure, and um, you know those dwellings are there because at one time the climate there supported agriculture yeah and it doesn't now it's a desert <laughs> and this is not you know we're not talking about thousands of years mm -mm. um that this happened uh so yeah i mean the climate does change mm -hmm. yes now the only the only last bit i think about on that whole front is 
I've been in sales for eight years. I'm, I'm, I'm closely connected to incentives, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that, and, and listening to actually a recent guy on Joe Rogan's podcast that talked about incentives within, within the medical field mm -hmm. uh, and how that you have a, for example, you have a surgeon who's incentivized to perform the surgery versus mm -hmm. a, a surgeon who's not incentivized. Mm -hmm. Statistically, the surgeon who has a paid based around whether or not he does the surgery is way more likely to recommend the surgery, mm -hmm. even if he's doing it subconsciously. Yeah, right? exactly. Like he's the great guy, loves his family, whatever. Right. Uh, but subconsciously you put that incentive in place and you're way more likely to get that yep. end result. Part is of human it, nature. How much of that is happening within the, in the uh, scientific field? Yeah, right? I can't say, but I can't say how much, but I can say without a <clears throat> doubt that it is, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I, I worked for a branch, uh, in the National Weather Service, it was called the, back then it was the Climate Analysis Center. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how many years after I was there, but they changed it to the Climate Prediction Center. Mm -hmm. And I asked like the second in command, I'm like, what's with the, ch you know, <laughs> the change in name? He goes flat out. He goes, we get way more money from the government now that we're climate predicting rather than climate uh, uh, you know, analysis. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't and, know. And I'm not saying that's evil. I'm not saying that's evil, folks. Right. For for somebody who's about ready to blow their top <laughs> at me, I, you know, I'm not saying that's evil. I'm just right. saying that it's a part of the picture. Mm-hmm. That has to be considered for sure, right? Like I said, neither you or I are making any claims of anything of any sort, other than saying uh, uh, alternative perspective, or at least the the ability to question things, and then understanding that incentives mm -hmm. are a part of the picture yeah. is you, it needs to be addressed yeah. in a way. Right? And and I think I you know I sense sort of a shift more towards the scientific process, which is to me the most important thing. Okay. Than we had maybe 10, 15 years ago. Hmm. 10, 15 years ago, it was just like rubber stamp, boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom. This is caused by this, 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 this. Um, but now, well, some of the things haven't come true. Mm -hmm. So there's this backing away mm -hmm. and, and a little bit more scientific process involved, and, and I'm happy for that. And hopefully we can continue that trend and keep learning because it's the scientific processes what is going to teach us what we'll learn from, not the rubber stamping. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I, then I was thinking about the future is AI must be a huge part of it, like you said. Yeah, I, uh, I know hardly anything. I have not you know, downloaded ChatGPT or anything like that. Um, I am fascinated and scared by it, like probably most people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I see extreme potential. You know, if they say that its ability to learn is so vast compared to humans, then, you know, yeah, how can it not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, as long as it's programmed it still has to be programmed, you know? Sure. So as long as that's done in a non-biased uh, way, then yeah, I think I think I, we're on the cusp right now of huge discovery, mm -hmm. you know? Discovery like probably has never happened in the history of mankind hmm. based on AI, yeah. just because of what, you know, what it will eventually be able to do. I mean, we're thinking right now what it can do. Well, what if, what about when you can 
increase the computing power by you know 10,000 times or something where we're at right now what mm-hmm. will we do then like, you know, it just yeah it's yeah. gonna be cool but a little scary in a way too right right yeah it's it's uh it's interesting there's uh you almost feel like you know you wish you could uh like you and i could do something to affect change to again we're talking about perspectives give people different perspectives or help Mm -hmm. with this whole picture of this conflict within groups and whatever but then i also go back to the what can i do i don't know if that's the right way to look at it but you know like again refocus on your inner inner circle and yeah yeah I, I i mean i think a lot of us a lot of people a lot of us um just kind of throw up our hands and go well what can i do yeah well you may not be able to change the world but you can change the change the world you're in mm-hmm. you know you, like you said your circle mm-hmm. you can you can have a huge influence on that mm-hmm. and uh you know i think that if if everybody were to just try to be a little bit more positive about things cut a lot cut people more slack um whether you believe in them or not just say you know what you're not hurting me you're not hurting yourself so that's great mm-hmm. you know i don't agree with you but that's okay. I don't need to. Right. You know, I can go to sleep at night. I can carry on with my life just fine. Um, and and you know what? Maybe somewhere down the road, I will completely agree with you too. <laughs> you just don't you just don't know. But yeah, I think you know. Uh, you don't have to change the whole world. You just need to change the world you're in. Yeah. Well, I, no, I like that. I've. Uh... John, I've got one last question. Is there anything else through this? No. Okay, we're talking perspectives, uh, and you talk about how you just said that someday I may think just like you do. Have you ever had that happen in your life? Can you think of a time when you really disagreed with somebody, and then 10 years later, all of a sudden you're like, you know what? That person was right. Um, yes, I'm positive it has happened. Um, I'm trying to think of specific examples. Uh Yeah, it's hard for me to come up with a specific example, uh, but I know it's happened yeah. where I just was, you know, thinking something was the mo- most ridiculous. Why don't they just blah blah blah? Mm-hmm. And then it hit me, you know. Yeah. Um, because either because they truly can't, or, or, um you know because that wasn't the right way to do it you know Mm -hmm. this is the right way to do it and god bless my wife because (laughs) she i mean you know i can make jokes about it but the truth is is she opens my eyes so many times and i've i mean we first married and um i wasn't as good at at seeing her perspective or or at least I don't want to say respecting her idea, but like going, just flat out going with her idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still got work to do, <laughs> especially if you asked her. But I, you know, um, I, I have learned that that she's way, way, way smarter than me mm-hmm. in in things. And listen to her. Let's um, just shut up and listen swallow your pride you know let it play out 
and you'll see why. Yeah. And the other uh, easy answer is it seems like you talk about somebody not knowing what they're talking about and then eventually realizing they do is a dad, right? At yes. 14 years old, what does dad yeah. know? Yeah. At yeah. 24, all of a sudden, man, that guy, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny, though, is um, growing up, you know, my dad was my hero. Yeah. He really was. Um, so I never really question. Yeah. What, what but um, that is a great example. Yeah. I, yeah. I think a lot of people. Um, you know, they'll look at somebody who's more ex- older and more experienced and just go, uh, mm-hmm. and then down the road they go, ah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I, it's similar. I didn't have big questioning of my dad when I was growing up or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you, you have this respect. Yeah. I know I could talk myself in circles about everything, but you have this respect for somebody that's older than you, than more experienced, but also you eventually reach the age where you realize just because you're older doesn't mean you're correct. You know what I mean? Uh, I've seen a lot <laughs> more of more and more, <laughs> <you> get older. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of people who are 50 that previously would have said, yeah, he knows what he's talking about yeah, yeah. who are either living in, living outside of the way that you'd want to yeah. live or, uh, teaching you things outside of the way yeah. you'd want to learn or and what's, whatever. What's cool is I've got thirteen year old daughter who's going to be fourteen in two months and I'm I learned stuff from her. And yeah. That's that's getting really cool. I yeah. mean and I think she feels great about it how she's teaching me about things that I don't know. You know, it's not so much in the way of life, it's more along the lines of you know, like textbook type stuff, hmm. but, um, I'm loving it. Yeah. And yeah. I can't wait till she gets, it's just, it's so cool to, to learn from your kids, you know, in that way, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a John Melkin Melon camp has a song called minutes to memories huh. and the lyrics to that song to me are more than just a lyric lyrics to a song they're like a poem okay and I mean, it's to memories yeah and what about that one speaks to you um well the theme of the song is about a young lad taking a bus ride back home mm-hmm. and he sits next to an elderly gentleman and the elderly gentleman starts talking about his life and his times and you know what's important in life and this and that and uh, you know at the time uh, you know this this character the younger boy just listens but goes eh you know in fact when all lyrics are I do things my way and I pay a high price but then towards the end, he talks about how now that I'm older, you know, I can see that that old man on the bus ride was right. Hmm. <laughs> so it's just kind of cool. I those those lyrics have meant a lot to me because, like I say, I, I I've gone from a person who I don't know was was quite a know-it-all, I guess you could say, yeah, to now somebody who wants to you know wants to know it all and not 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 want to know it all but like i realize i don't i don't know jack i don't know jack i mean (laughs) yeah i i can get by in a lot of things but 
you know, uh, I, I just love learning from professionals. Yeah. You know, I love to woodwork and I watch a lot of woodworking videos. YouTube is incredible. I don't even watch TV anymore because mm. all the genuinely good content on YouTube. Um, and yeah, the stuff that I can learn from these guys and gals um, and skills and techniques and stuff. It's like, holy cow. Yeah. You know, what, what, how amazing is this, is this thing called the internet, you know, um, just like anything else in life, it can be horrible or it can be great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just kind of, I don't, I don't get into the talking about others or this is, or that. I use it like it as a, you know, research and educational tool because there's some great stuff just wonderful wonderful teachings on it hmm. well i appreciate it john i'm gonna have to end with uh end with that and listen to minutes to memories yeah. on, on my next <laughs> it's, drive it's here. a good song <laughs> it's a good song I, I i recommend lots of folks to you know just listen to it or bring it up on your phone and read the lyrics along with because it's uh i don't know at least to me it, it is like i say it's it's not just lyrics, but true pro poetry. Mm -hmm. It's message. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Like I said, uh, <laughs> I gotta check it out. Thanks. Again. I might have to play it on the way home. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for hopping on. Appreciate yeah. it. Fun to well, chat. Well, thanks for having me again. This yeah. is fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.